anything about yoga and knows about the Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is a um, it's a scripture, the, the most quoted, uh, referenced yoga scripture. And uh, it was a conversation between Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and Arjuna. And it took place 5,000 years ago on the brink of a world war. And this World War it wasn't like the New School kinds of wars when they just they're fought in kind of in covert kind of ways and um, through in cities and in jungles and things like that. Actually, they go on a battlefield, and you have both sides came together on this one battlefield called the Battlefield of Kurukshetra, and um, basically it was the good guys and the bad guys, and the the bad guys were the bad guys because the bad guys, they um, were interested in themselves, in their, well, not everyone on the bad side, but uh, the leaders, the, the people who were going to gain the kingdom, uh, were evil-minded. They, they wanted power, wealth, they wanted control. Whereas the other side, um, the side led by the Pandavas, and Arjuna was part of the Pandavas. Um, they were uh, not interested in their own self-interest, but they were interested in the welfare of all the living beings in, in the world. So um, both sides gathered here on this battlefield. And because of some political connections, some of the 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 people that Arjuna very much respected was on the opposite side. Uh, they had to he had they had to fight Arjuna had to fight against uh, some people like you know his teachers and some of his relatives that he actually really cared about and really respected. And he he was in a state of mind where he he was feeling uh, like I I can't do this I can't 
you know, I know th these people are, they want, they're not, their interest is no good, but what, what game will we have if we kill them? And he was just in a state where he, he, he didn't know what to do. So to make a long story short, um, he was, had the very fortunate position of uh, having uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, right there with him. And um, Krishna went to, uh, then when Arjuna came to this point of feeling uh, great perplexity, Krishna, uh, he was there to, Krishna was there to instruct him, and that's the Bhagavad Gita, it's this conversation of Krishna and Arjuna. And uh, so it's, it's a very nice uh, conversation if you guys were if you guys want to read the whole um, thing I can you know recommend you a, a, a good translation of it um, but so basically at this point in the Bhagavad Gita it comes to the point where uh, Krishna go or Arjuna tells Krishna I can't do it I can't fight and then he fell silent. At that time, Krishna, smiling in the midst of both armies, spoke the following words to the grief-stricken Arjuna. The blessed Lord said, While speaking learned words, you are mourning for what is not worthy of grief. Those who are wise lament neither for the living nor the dead. Oh, my app is doing this thing where it misses a few words. <laughs> so. I'm just have to go by memory here. Never was there time, never was there time when I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings, nor in the future shall any of us cease to be. As the embodied soul continually passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. The self-realized soul is not bewildered by such a change. The non-permanent appearance of happiness and distress and their disappearance in due course are like the appearance and disappearance of winter and summer seasons. They arise from sense perception, O scion of Brat, and one must learn to tolerate them without being disturbed. So, you know, we, we take everything to be we take everything in this world with our work and with our life and with our goals and our aspirations and our desires. We take them as so important, so serious. Like the businessman or the, the person aspiring to make money, they're so focused on the goal of making money. It's such an important thing to them. They're, they'll go to school for years and years and, and study and and they're so clear about if you know I'm gonna get this money and I'm gonna I'm gonna succeed in life and and then things go sometimes things go their way and sometimes it doesn't and it's such a big drama. Like if things go good it's you know confetti and balloons and congratulations and, and then you know things go bad it's like a it's like a major bummer. Uh, it's a major disappointment and depression and 
all this stuff because things didn't go my way. You know, it's really important to take a like a step back and and just consider like what am I doing? What, what I'm just going I'm, I'm working so hard I'm doing all these things. Why? What's what's the purpose of it all? You know, it's all um, we have we have this idea of who I am. I think I'm the body. I think I'm a man. I think if I get money, I'll be happy. If I get a house, I'll be happy. If I do what the television tells me to do, then I'll be happy. Uh, but can we take a step back from this and just chill out for a second? You know, and just kind of see, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? Is this really, like, you know, is this it? You know, just go to school, make money, work really hard, work out, get a big buff body, all this stuff, and, and then that's, that's supposed to do it for me, you know? I used to have this, uh, when I was a kid, I used to drink alcohol. And when I was, after I had a night of drinking, I would fall asleep, and I'd, because alcohol dehydrates your body, I'd be dreaming of water, you know, really wanting water. And in my dreams, I would, I would actually, you know, I'd be struggling to get some water. And sometimes I would actually get the water. It's like a recurring dream every time I was drunk. And then I'd go, I'd go to get the water. And then I'd pour the water uh, in my, you know, I'd drink the water. But nothing would happen. You know, because my body was actually thirsty. And this is the reason why I'm having the dream and having the desire for water. Um... You know, the thirst is actually there. It's actually there in my body. But I'm having this dream in my mind. And I'm drinking this water. But it's not doing anything for me. Because my body's actually thirsty. You see? So, um, this is like, in this world, we're identifying ourselves. We're living in a dream state. We're thinking, I am a body. I am this body. And if I make the body happy, then I'll be satisfied. Just like the person in the dream, he's thinking if he drinks this mental water that doesn't really exist, uh, the body's going to be satisfied. But it doesn't work. You know? I tell people in our meditation classes that uh, you know, a lot of times people, you go to meditation class and you, you come and you think, uh, I'm going to go to meditation to get in some kind of trance, to get away from reality. You don't understand. You're already in a dream state. You're not in reality. You're in a dream state. Meditation is meant to wake you up from your dreamlike state. You're not supposed to, it's not meant to put you in some type of forgetfulness like alcohol. It's meant to actually uh, wake you up to your real identity. So you can actually taste the actual uh, water, the actual um, uh, real happiness of the soul. That's that. It's an actual, you know, you actually become fulfilled.
in this world, we try to experience pleasure in so many different ways. We work so hard to try to get it. Just like in my dream, I was working so hard to try to get this water, which I thought would quench my thirst. But uh, when we get what we're looking for, when we get the, the, the thing that we want, does it satisfy you? I remember when you know I was like, I don't know how old I was when I first became interested in girls um, and having sex with a girl, probably 12 or 13 years old, I don't know. But the first time I was actually able, one girl actually let me do it to her, I was about 16. So I had about three years, three and a half, maybe four years of thinking about it. Oh, it's going to be so good when I finally get it. And it was a shock to me. I was like, that's it? That's what everybody is just going crazy about in this world? Over that? The, you know, there's... How common is it that you have these um, rock stars and stuff committing suicide in their 20s? You know, they've, they, they've worked so hard to try to get to, a, a, you know, this level of fame where everybody's worshiping them and everybody, uh, you, know, you know, knows them and loves them and everything. So they get to this point and uh, it's amazing how empty it is. How, you know, what, you know, the hole that they thought they were going to fill by the fame and the adoration of others, it didn't do it all, at all. It's like, just like in my dream, it's like just drinking the water and not experiencing anything. You're drinking it, it's like torture. You're, it's, it's going down your throat and you're thirsty. Can you imagine if you're thirsty? And you get to some water, and it doesn't do anything for you. You're in a much worse condition now. Imagine how hard of a situation that is. You're drinking something that you thought was it. You thought it was the thing that was going to do it for you. And imagine, just imagine right now, you go to drink some water, and it's like air. Nothing's quenching your thirst. And it's just making you more thirsty. So that's what it's like. We think, I am the body, I am a man. If I have this pleasure of the man, if I have the fame, if I have the adoration, then I'll become happy, I'll become satisfied. But it doesn't do it at all. If you, guys, if you want to look on my website, uh, yogaphilosophyclub.com, I, I made a little mini documentary of, of these um, famous people um, talking about the experience. You know, like Eric Clapton and Lady Gaga and, um, I don't know, who else was there? A bunch of famous people, they were, they were talking about the experience when they, you know, they thought when they were going to get to this, this point, then it was going to do it for me. But it's empty. There's nothing there at all. So, if we want to experience real pleasure, real happiness, fulfillment, love, then uh, first thing is, you must understand that this body, as Krishna was saying in the Bhagavad Gita, 
is not who you are. You existed before this body, and you'll exist after this body. It's like a, uh, you know, when you, uh, and as soon as you enter into this body, because of what's called the hamkara, or false ego, we start to identify ourselves as this body. And then from that, uh, the life of ignorance begins. So the, the process of yoga is to become self-realized, to understand that I am not this body. I am uh, something completely different from this body. And because I am not the body, then uh, this, the source of my happiness has nothing to do with the, the body. When I, when I become reconnected, this word yoga means reconnect, union. When I become reconnected with my original source, uh, then I start to taste real happiness. And then uh, because of the happiness that I feel, because of the uh, experience of this uh, condition of yoga, then I'm able to uh, understand, ah, oh, this is real. This is me. This is really who I am. And this uh, idea of who I thought I was is just an illusion. It's not really me. So, uh, I, I don't have, you know, this is, a, there's so many, uh, this, this is a very, very long subject from so many different angles. Um, but we don't have much, that much time today, so. But uh, this week, I'm having, there's three, doing three meditation classes, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday and Wednesday at 8 o'clock here, and then Friday at 6 o'clock. So if you guys would like to learn more, and uh, uh, we can delve into these ideas, or not ideas, but truths, in uh, in a much deeper way, you, you know, you're all welcome to come, and it's always free. Okay. So um, maybe we'll just chat a little bit more until dinner is ready. Okay. Is that alright? How much? Five minutes?